You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. This episode is going to be a twofer. The first movie is Unlawful Entry, which came out in 1992 and was directed by Jonathan Kaplan. It stars Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta, Madeline Stowe, Roger E. Mosley, and Deborah Offner. Well, I got a cop who wants me out of the way because he wants my wife. Michael! Stay here and lock the door. I told you, he's dangerous. Kurt Russell. Ray Liotta. Madeline Stowe. She's all alone, Mikey. But not for long. Unlawful Entry. The second film is Single White Female, which also came out in 1992 and was directed by Barbie Schroeder. It stars Bridget Fonda, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Stephen Weber, Peter Friedman, and Stephen Tobolowski. Hetty appeared to be the perfect roommate, but appearances... Where the hell have you been? ...can be deceiving. Nothing she told me was true. And living with a roommate... I've had it with you. ...can be murder. Bridget Fonda, Jennifer Jason Lee. Single white female. The genre for both films would be urban exploitation thrillers, or trashy thrillers from the 90s. Recently, during the height of lockdown and inspired by a podcast, I rewatched Sleeping with the Enemy for the first time in many years. It came out in 91, stars Julia Roberts, and it was actually worse than I remembered. Just not a good movie. But that also got me in the mood to revisit a couple of 90s, quote, the blank from hell thrillers, which I actually enjoyed. And these two make an interesting double feature from that era, with unlawful entry giving us a local police officer from hell, stalking and harassing a mild-mannered couple, and single white female presenting us with the new urban flatmate, to use a British term, from hell. Both films came out during the summer of 1992, riding a wave of recent blockbuster thrillers with slightly similar setups. And this includes The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, The Nanny from Hell, Basic Instinct, The Police Suspect slash Writer from Hell, and Sleeping with the Enemy, which was a big hit the previous year and featured the ex-husband from Hell. Though neither Unlawful Entry nor Single White Female were blockbusters like those other films, they both did well enough, and I certainly enjoyed them in theaters as a teenager. One thing that both of them had in common at the time, besides the formula, was that I also found myself rooting more for the villains than those dorky protagonists. Ray Liotta, playing Officer Pete from Unlawful Entry, and Jennifer Jason Leigh, playing Hedra from Single White Female, they are both genuinely effective, playing broadly drawn characters with a good amount of pathos. And we initially feel some sympathy for them, especially in response to how their eventual targets, which would be yuppified Kurt Russell and his wife Madeline Stowe, and glammed out Bridget Fonda, how these targets really overplay their hands off the bat. You know, I think I understand where this is coming from. Oh, do you? I'm a cop. I make my living going up against guys like Pike. You don't. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. Is that what you think this is about? Yeah, I do. Friend would be thanking me. I'm not your friend. I'm not your buddy. I'm nothing to you. You got that? I think you're a sick guy, Pete. 
I don't want you around me, and I don't want you around my wife. Michael. Honey. You guess. I'll be there in a second. Uh, Pete was just about to leave. Michael needs to get some things off his chest. Hurting these sad souls who are clearly just lonely. And really, everyone gets lonely sometimes, right? And decades later, it's still a kick to watch both of them relishing the chance to really cut loose. Now granted, Leota had played Psychos before, a few years earlier, quite memorably, in Something Wild. But that character was a creepy ex-con drifter. This time, Leota was playing a cop. One hell of a scary cop at that, too. And you do get the sense that Pete has really experienced some stuff. Though no real backstory is provided, except a bullet wound scar that we see on his chest. Hedra, on the other hand, in Single White Female, is given a much more extensive backstory of childhood trauma, which is revealed throughout the film. It's to her credit that she gives a strong enough portrayal of wounded awkwardness that her backstory isn't actually really necessary. Jennifer Jason Leigh has always been one of her most underappreciated and fearless actresses. Even in pure genre films like this, she always feels authentic. Hetty, what are you doing in my room? I've been waiting since 6 o'clock last night to hear from you. I've been worried sick. But it was crying all night. I finally had to come in here so it calmed down. Sorry, I guess I just didn't think. No, you didn't. And there's such a thing as a phone, you know? This is New York. Things happen. And as both movies progress, things get crazier and more homicidal. Comparing the films, Unlawful Entry is probably more briskly paced, while Single White Female is more well-crafted all around. The story for Single White Female is also a bit more unpredictable, while also being a tad too drawn out. I never really found myself to be losing that much sympathy for Jennifer Jason Leigh's Hedra. I mean, she does get to kill douchey, moosed-up Stephen Weber, after all. He plays Bridget Fonda's creepy, on-again, off-again boyfriend. I mean, through the violent ending, I still found myself wanting for Hedra to get help. How can you do that? Everything I've done, I've done for you. Don't you understand that? The people you hated, I hated. People like you don't care it's like that stupid girl in Tampa. She called my parents too. Told them all my secrets. You want to put me away, huh? I can't. I can't keep making excuses for you, Allie. I can't. Where is Officer Pete? He becomes pretty irredeemable in the third act, and he goes full-on wild-eyed batshit in the second half overall, which I just found deliriously entertaining. You hear that? I used to work these hills. I knew this lady. She was out walking her little poodle. And a coyote comes charging out of the brush, snatches up the little poodle, and takes off. All we ever found of that little doggy was its diamond-studded leash. You know, when Karen first met you, she actually thought you were different than her gambling father. What? It's very interesting how people follow patterns. See, she doesn't feel safe with you either, Michael. And Karen needs to feel protected from when those coyotes come charging out of the brush. So even though Single White Female is probably the better-made film by the better director, and this director is a good director, Barbe Schroeder. This was his follow-up to Reversal of Fortune, which I consider to be one of the best films of the 1990s. Unlawful Entry is just the more fun watch overall. Both are at their core B-movies with enough A-list talent to help them seem more respectable than they are. And in the end, when it comes to just trashy fun, Unlawful Entry delivers just a bit more. And now the categories. 
the first category is Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. Both films have pretty solid scores, but I just have to give this one to the very memorable song which plays at the end of Single White Female. And I can tell you, once hearing this during the closing credits when I first saw this, I can remember immediately seeking out this band's album on cassette tape and just playing the extended version of this very song again and again and again. I was a teenager. What do you want? The band was a short-lived ambient musical duo known as Mood Swings. And the song is called Spiritual High 2, State of Independence. Mood Swings was comprised of Grant Showbiz, a former producer of The Smiths, one of my favorite bands from the 80s, among other things, and James Hood, who was a former drummer for The Pretenders. So right there, you already have two strong rock bands from the 80s represented, The Smiths and The Pretenders. But beyond that, the main vocals for this song are provided by the vaunted frontwoman of The Pretenders, Chrissy Hind. She always had a great voice. And her vocals aside, this song certainly does not sound like anything ever done by The Pretenders, but that's okay. This song was very much the sound of early 90s electronica, or trance music, along the lines of Enigma. Remember them? Well, this song actually fits the ending of Single White Female very well, as we start to hear it play immediately after a melancholy voiceover from Fonda, and as the credits start to roll over a cropped photo of her character sporting that now-iconic red bob of hair. Just as the title of the band would suggest, it is definitely 100% mood music. And that brings me to the next category, which would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Though in this case, I'm actually going to use this category to remember somebody whose talent was actually not wasted in this movie. Just the week before this episode was recorded, the world of cinema lost a great actor, who happens to be the star of one of these films. And that would be Ray Liotta, who recently passed away at the age of 67 and left with him a lasting legacy of memorable performances within many a film. Born in Newark, New Jersey, he grew up in the tri-state area, but eventually studied acting at the University of Miami. Leota started his career mainly on TV in the early 80s, including an extended stint on the daytime drama Another World. His true breakout role in movies came in 1986 in the batshit comedy thriller, I mentioned it earlier, Something Wild, directed by the late, great Jonathan Demme. Just a fantastic, quirky road movie, which mainly focuses on a budding romance between the buttoned-up Jeff Daniels and the flamboyant Melanie Griffith. But it's Leota who steals much of the movie as Griffith's lunatic ex-boyfriend, Ray. He stalks them throughout the movie, and Leota gives a truly impressive performance, which is both funny and more often quite scary as we see this character get to act increasingly psychotic as the story progresses. Probably Leota's most distinct feature from the get-go as an actor were those piercing blue eyes. They could be used to both charm or intimidate, and in Something Wild, we see them used very effectively to do the latter, 
To this day, I think his performance in Something Wild might be my personal favorite. Charlie, you are one dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm almost starting to like you, Charlie. She's not going to be too happy driving around in a station wagon the rest of her life. You better think about that. You better ask yourself if you really want her. Leota could often ride that edge between wild-eyed protagonist, villain, and or anti-hero very well, so you might often find yourself rooting for his character even when you weren't really sure if you should. There was always a slyness or mystery behind those eyes, which could help breathe life into supporting characters which weren't always on screen for much of the movie. We saw this with his high-energy portrayal of a conflicted former cop slash drug dealer in Copland. It also really worked well during his endearing but very tricky portrayal of the late Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams, which was the first movie I saw him in. He's playing basically a ghost, but you're never really sure. He inhabits the space, but he has kind of a mystery about him. He's very effective at giving off an otherworldly vibe. And this even works well in Unlawful Entry, where at first he comes off as very charismatic. You're drawn to him until you're not. But of course, the film and role which most folks will remember Leota most fondly for, will of course be his starring role as real-life former mobster turned snitch Henry Hill in Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas, which is definitely a film I plan on reviewing at some point on this podcast. Goodfellas is a masterpiece, of course, and his dazzling performance is at the core of what makes it work. Now, I will definitely get into this more when I eventually do a full-on review of the movie, but wow, there is an extended sequence towards the end of this film. It's kind of nicknamed his last day as a wise guy. And it shows all of the exhausting minutia which comes with being a coked out gangster, which Henry Hill is at this point. All of the paranoia, the close calls, the put upon family members. It's funny, scary, sad, and exhausting in the best way. It might be the best thing that all parties involved have put to film, including Scorsese. But they're on screen the whole time, all nervous ticks, constantly glancing up at those helicopters following him, is Leota giving an unforgettably fearless performance, which crazily was not nominated for an Oscar that year. Today everything is different. There's no action. I have to wait around like everyone else. Can't even get decent food. Right after I got here, I ordered some spaghetti with marinara sauce and I got egg noodles and ketchup. I'm an average nobody get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. Rest in peace, Ray. You were a truly unique acting talent who will always be remembered as much more than a schnook. That brings us to the next category, which would be the trailer moment. This is the senior moment that best describes this movie, or, to be fair, these movies. And speaking more of Leota, roughly halfway through Unlawful Entry, there is a sequence which probably has not aged particularly well for various reasons, but still pretty much nails the batshit creepy vibe that this movie is going for, and in a pretty clever way. And it also tops any individual sequence within Single White Female as well. About halfway through the film, Officer Pete is obviously feeling both rejected and lonely as he has been kicked out of an important club function being thrown by Kurt Russell's Michael. And seeing the happy couple in the distance as he leaves, making out and dancing, well, by this point in the movie, it's pretty obvious that Pete has a crush on Madeline Stowe's Karen. So what does he do? Well, Pete calls a woman who he actually pulled over a few scenes prior, who had flirted with him, giving him her number. And we then cut to a scene of them steaming up the front seat of his squad car. 
they are post-coital at this point, and as this young woman tries to make things more personal, asking questions about that scar on his chest, Pete just starts to lose it. He gets angry. He starts to rant at her. And then he kicks her out of his car, then pulls away yelling at her. And as we see him pulling away, we see her sitting on the ground, aghast at what has just happened. The camera lingers on her as we then start to hear a voiceover transitioning us to the very next scene, where we hear Pete, sounding much different now, gently telling a classroom of excited kids, quote, so being a policeman is really all about helping people. Get out. What's getting out here? Get the fuck out. Are you crazy? I don't even know what the fuck I am. Well, that's exactly your fucking problem, isn't it? Isn't it? So, being a policeman is really all about helping people. It's about being a friend. It's not about shooting it out with bad guys. That's what you see on TV. That's not what it's like. So yes, this type of scene transition, it's brazen, on the nose, but it's still kind of darkly funny. And Leota just destroys with this scene. He was just one of the best at yelling dialogue, coming off as both comical and dangerous at the same time. And I could certainly remember this transition getting quite the reaction from the audience that I saw it with. Just a fun, clever piece of directing on Jonathan Kaplan's part. And now the final category, the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of these films. At the end of the day, the one criteria which is absolutely essential towards the success of thrillers such as these is that they must have a good villain. Seriously, it's almost expected that no matter how good the actors playing the protagonists are, it doesn't matter. To truly make these things work, the so-called good guys in these cases will very likely be written as either bland, idiotic, or both. And this is nothing against Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe, or Bridget Fonda, who are each doing the best they can with kind of weak material playing the good guys. They could be giving, seriously, they could be giving Oscar-caliber performances with brilliantly written dialogue. That still would not make a difference. These types of films live or die, literally, on the strength of their villains. And in the case of both Single White Female and Unlawful Entry, which are both enjoyable but very flawed films, they are each blessed with very entertaining villains played by very strong actors. Therefore, Ray Liotta and Jennifer Jason Leigh are the MVPs of each of their respective films. So, don't try and make me think that we're not close. We lean on each other and we, we protect each other. We're, we're best friends. My rating for Unlawful Entry is three and a half stars out of five. And this film is available to rent or buy on all major streaming platforms. My rating for Single White Female is three stars out of five. And it is currently streaming on Hulu and Tubi. If what you are looking for are cheap 90s thrills, you really cannot go wrong with either of these films. And that ends another deranged review times two. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.